Stay tuned after the show for a message from Chevron. This is Politico Energy. I'm Annie Snyder. President Joe Biden is nominating Washington, D.C. utility regulator Willie Phillips to the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, or FERC. If he's confirmed, Phillips would give Democrats a three to two majority on the commission. And that could be a huge boon to the Biden administration as it tries to follow through on the president's aggressive clean energy promises. The really big deal will be that he is going to give commissioners Clements and and Chairman Glick kind of that third vote. And that'll be really critical on issues, including pipeline approvals and, you know, lowering barriers to renewable energy. Today, Catherine Morehouse on how Willie Phillips could reshape FERC and push President Joe Biden's energy agenda forward. It's Friday, September 10th. So, Catherine, President Joe Biden said on Thursday he will nominate Washington, D.C. utility regulator Willie Phillips to the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. What can you tell us about Phillips? Yeah, so this is a a huge deal for the commission. This seat has been vacant for just about a month now, but but folks have been waiting for this name to come forward. And Phillips is has been on the D.C. Commission since uh, 2014. He has overseen the commission's proceeding to, to implement the district's 100% renewable energy goal. Um, he has the support from, from a variety of groups, and including at least, at least one renewable energy group. So there, there's a lot we still don't know about his position on, on some of the most important questions. But from what we know so far, he, he has um, some support. And we do know that he's a Democrat, right? Yes, he is a Democrat. So the really big deal will be that he is going to give commissioners Clements and, and Chairman Glick kind of that third vote. And that'll be really critical on issues, including pipeline approvals and you know, lowering barriers to renewable energy. So FERC has a really big role to play when it comes to President Biden's pledge to decarbonize the power grid by 2035. So with the Democratic Majority Commission, what kinds of changes might we expect? Yeah, so right now the commission is reviewing its process for how it approves pipelines and other major gas infrastructure. So a big question there will be whether they they take environmental justice concerns more seriously and whether they incorporate greenhouse gas emission calculations and and how greenhouse gas emissions from a project might impact climate change, whether that's better incorporated. And there's also another proceeding intended to lower market barriers for renewable resources Uh, such as distributed renewable resources, such as rooftop solar. And that also will require kind of a third vote. So you mentioned that the seat has been open for about a month. Tell us a little bit about who Phillips would be replacing. Phillips would be replacing former commissioner and actually former chairman Neil Chatterjee. And Chatterjee is uh, a Republican. Uh, He actually sided with the Democrats on a number of issues, including lowering market barriers to renewable energy, but he did tend to side with Republicans when it came to final approval of some of those, some gas projects, including pipelines, that the two Democrats on the commission sometimes felt had not been reviewed or scrutinized closely enough. 
So you mentioned that Philips was backed by some at least one renewable energy group. Tell us a little bit more about who his constituency has been, who his supporters have been. Um, and then, of course, his nomination is going to have to go through the Senate. What do we what do we know about his odds for the confirmation process? Yeah. So Philips is support by the Solar Energy Industries Association. And he got, you know, kind of generic support from from other groups. I think a lot of people are happy to see the seat filled. He also has support from the Black Economic Alliance, the Joint Center for Political and Economic Studies, and the American Association of Blacks and Energy. And on the confirmation process, we haven't seen any any signs that he won't be confirmed. I think we're kind of operating under the assumption right now that whoever Biden ultimately put forward after this kind of lengthier process is someone who can make it through the Senate. Again, we don't know that for sure yet, but but that's kind of the assumption we're operating under right now. Have we seen any statements yet from lawmakers on this nomination? Yes, I did get a statement from uh, Senator Ed Markey, uh, generally supporting, uh, in, in, encouraged by the seat being filled and, and said that he was willing to have, have conversations uh, with the potential new commissioner, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, who chairs the Senate and Energy Natural Resource Committee, has has said that that he is looking forward to meeting with Phillips and having him appear before the committee. Uh, it sounds like he'll have uh, a lot of questions for for the nominee. Um, so I'm sure we can expect a, a good hearing when the time comes. So, any other big takeaways on his nomination? So Phillips actually would be the first black man to serve as commissioner in 40 years. Uh, but but despite that, he does not have support from from several members of the environmental justice community that, that advocates for low income communities and communities of color. Uh, they had a really specific list of of nominees they wanted to see the White House consider. And, and they've said that they're disappointed um, ultimately with this pick. Well, Catherine, thanks so much for chatting with us about this today. Yeah, thank you. Also on Thursday, the Biden administration moved to effectively block a controversial mining project in Alaska's Bristol Bay. The EPA asked a federal court to revive Obama-era protections for the pristine watershed, which is home to one of the world's largest salmon fisheries. The company Pebble Limited Partnership had for years been working on plans to mine the massive copper and gold deposits that sit beneath the bay. Now, the Biden administration's latest move doesn't permanently kill the project. A future administration could still reverse it. But with the project's setbacks piling up, it may still spell the end of major mining plans there. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com backslash morning energy. If you like our show, then like it. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It helps more people find the show. Our producers are Carlos Prieto and Nermal Malaykal. The senior producer is Raghu Manavalan, and the executive producer is Irene Noguchi. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. Also, here's a sneak peek of our newest Politico podcast, Global Insider, which launches on September 15th. Senior EU correspondent Ryan Heath takes you up close and personal with the world's most powerful people. For Politico, I'm Annie Snyder. Talk to you next week. We're rolling. I'm Ryan Heath, and for seven years, I've been writing a newsletter about global affairs. 
covering the CEOs who shape the economy, the lawmakers who set the rules, and the innovators who bend them. In that time, I've gotten to know a lot of them and their world pretty well. What do you think the longest pause is someone's ever taken when you've asked them like a really hard question? Oh, that's easy. Um, it was Emmanuel Macron and I asked him when was the last time he'd built a piece of Ikea furniture and the dude could not answer the question. I think Tony Blair certainly flirts with his eyes. Is there an airport tip you have? There is an amazing bakery at Copenhagen Airport called Hakasuset. <laughs> I can never say it right. <laughs> Now I'm doing a different kind of interview, with the same sources I've kept tabs on for years, more personal conversations that usually happen behind closed doors in Davos and the UN. Is it just something that you have to accept is out of your control now? Of course I'm worried. We're doing this in a pandemic. We all have to be worried. Every week there'll be activists, regulators, business leaders, like NATO's Jens Stoltenberg and Linda Thomas-Greenfield, the US ambassador to the UN. African leaders need to spend more time with their young people and they need to empower them to lead in the future. The balance of power is always shifting. Global Insider is how you keep up. We launch September 15th. See you there. Laukehusa. Laukehusa. We're humans, not robots, so I can't make it sound like the robot. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron's El Segundo refinery is looking to turn plant-based oil into renewable gasoline, jet, and diesel fuels because it's only human to want to power a better future. Learn more at chevron.com slash lower carbon.